following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. How's everybody feeling? It's still morning. You feeling good? You look good. Hey, let me say a huge welcome to all of the people that are watching online right now. Thank you for being a part of our family. We love you. We honor you. Welcome to Christian Live via the internet. Hey, Pastor Brandon mentioned it. Pastor Johnson mentioned it. So if I don't mention it, I might get in trouble. So I'm going to go ahead and mention it. Texas won. Now, let me share that this is funny because my seven-year-old and I were watching the game. Cassidy slipped in and out, and the girls were, I don't know, they were playing Barbies or something. And we, the field goal goes through. Cameron Dicker kicks the field goal. God bless you, Cameron Dicker, today. And Windsor, y'all, I wish you could see this. He jumps off the couch, takes his shirt off, and just starts going crazy around the house. And see, that's the funny part is that's what you think is the funny part, but that's not the funny part. It gets better. He then proceeds to take as much clothes off that he has on. He gets as naked as a person can be naked running around the house. My first thought was, where in the world does he get this from? This is crazy. And then my next thought, right, as any good parent would do, pastor parent would do. Son, if you get this excited about church today, you better get this excited. I mean, about football, you better get this excited about church tomorrow. And then I was like, wait, don't get that excited tomorrow. (laughs) Don't, don't do that. I don't, I no. get excited, but keep your clothes on, son. It's been a great week around here. On Wednesday, Pastor opened a series called Mind Talk on Wednesday night. And then we're going to be jumping back into that this coming Wednesday for part two. So don't miss that. But today, uh, we're going to dive into uh, a topic that's been really near and dear to my heart for the last several months. It's something that uh, God's just put it heavy on me. And so I I feel like it's an area that that God wants to do a work in today. And I'm just going to get it out there, okay? It's the area of our homes, our houses. How, how, is, how is your relationship with your husband? How is your relationship with your wife? How is your relationship with your kids? How are you parenting your children? To which some of you are thinking, well, I don't have kids. This is going to be boring. Why do I have to hear this? I'm already through this. I love my wife. She loves me. If you just said, I love my wife, and she knows it, and I love her, she loves me, you're the one that needs to hear this. Let's tune in. Tune in, really. Just lean in really close. No, but seriously, everything that we're going to talk about today, you can apply to every relationship in your life. So don't be so quick to tune out saying, well, I'm already through the young parenting stage, and I don't have teenagers, or, or we're, we're older, and we're already through all that. My wife knows I love. No, no, no. Tune in and, and listen closely, because I promise you, you can grab something from the Word of God today. And so I'm going to talk to you on this title. It's based off of an old TV show that I used to watch growing up, Home Improvement. Somebody got it over here. Home improvement. All right, so let's talk about home improvement projects, okay? If you were to jump into a home improvement project today, if you wanted to redo, let's say, your bathroom. Oh, that sounds great, doesn't it? In your mind, it sounds really great. 
And then you start putting it on paper and you start adding it up. And, uh, how much? $10,000? Like, you, you didn't, thousand? How about 10 hundreds? I can do that. Okay, okay. Oh, let's just take it back. You want to just redo the floors in your house? Well, that sounds great too. Uh, the floors. You better have another good, it depends on how many floors you, listen, if you're like me, can we just redo the bathroom floors? Is that possible? Uh, how much is that going to set me back? Uh, you better save another 10 grand for that. It's crazy. What? Okay, let's break. You want a new refrigerator. Well, that sounds good. Uh, not if you want one of those that has the ice and the water and all, you better pull out $2,000 and just, just give the man the money. Two home improvement projects are not cheap. It's expensive to do work around the house. But I got good news for you today. If you want to do some improvement projects on the things that matter the most, if you want to start improving your relationships, improving the way that you love your spouse, improving the way that you parent, can I tell you it doesn't take one dollar? You don't have to be rich. You don't have to save up for two years before you can start working on it. All you have to do is have a little desire. The little, you got to have a little want to for something to change. And Anybody have a desire for something? to? You want something to get better? Yeah. So moms, don't throw anything at me, okay? This is just funny. When it comes to... Um, how life changes with each child. Let's take, for example, maternity clothes. With the first baby, you put on your maternity clothes as soon as the doctor tells you you're pregnant. Oh, I just see that baby. But you, you like eight weeks pregnant. Girl, there ain't no baby bump there, but you got to, honey, we got to go get some maternity clothes. You just wear it for, hey, I'm pregnant. Yeah. The second baby comes, and you wear your regular, normal clothes as long as you can. Honey, can I fit in these one more time? Just get them on. <laughs> baby, baby, it's time for maternity clothes. Husbands, don't ever say that, don't <laughs> you? wear them as long as you can, right? And by the time the third child rolls along, your maternity clothes are your normal clothes. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> ah! I told you not to throw anything. That's funny. Sometimes I get tickled at my own jokes. Swallowing coins. Your first child swallows a coin. You rush them to the hospital and demand x-rays. Some of my baby's not going to make it. The second child swallows a coin. You patiently wait for it to pass. The third child swallows a coin. You deduct it from their allowance. Honey, daddy worked hard for that quarter. You better give it back. I don't care. I need it back. Hey, it don't matter. We can wash it. When it comes to improving our homes... 
There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of biblical principles to pull from. And, and as I was studying, there, there was a recurring theme of about five principles that I really want to share with you today that, that kind of really stood out to me. And once again, listen, I don't know where you are, but every single one of these principles can be applied to every single one of the relationships that you deal with, whether that's the relationships on your jobs or in your homes, wherever it is, you, you can find something from this today. So, so stay tuned. Really, it's going to be biblical wisdom. Anybody like biblical wisdom? You think you can apply wisdom to your life? Absolutely. Proverbs 23 or 24, 3 would say it this way. It takes wisdom to have a good family and it takes understanding to make it strong. It takes wisdom to have good families, good marriages, good parenting skills. And it takes understanding to make it strong. So let's jump into the first principle that I want you to understand. And this is the foundation of it all. I want you to really grab a hold of this today. Home improvement project number one. You've got to have authentic faith. As if to say there is inauthentic faith to which I would tell you, yes, there is, because I believe that there's a lot of us. Let's be honest, it's probably not you. It's probably the first or the third service people, okay? So I'm not talking to you right now. There's, there's a group of people who, who think that all church is and all, or excuse me, all a relationship with God is, is just showing up on Sundays and showing up on Wednesdays. And that's, that's the sum of their relationship with God. Can I tell you, if that's you, you are missing so much. You're, listen, if you're just kind of toying with the idea of God and you, you put your foot in every once in a while, I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset at you. Listen, that's your, that's your prerogative. But can I tell you, you are missing out on something so dynamic, so life-changing. You're missing out on an incredible relationship where literally the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you in the middle of your situations. You could be missing out on a strength that you just don't have. You could, you could be missing out on a strength that you could have on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, not just on Sundays. And on Wednesdays, and I would tell you this morning that there's more to God than religion. It's about relationship. Sure, he loves your church attendance, but he's interested in your heart. He wants to know you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants this authentic, vibrant relationship. And if, if you would grab a hold of something today, it would be that I'm pushing you to draw closer to Jesus. You, you get closer to him, to a place where you recognize his voice. Like John 10 talks about, the sheep knows his voice. Come on, do you, do you know the whisper of God? Can, can you feel his tug when he pulls you and prods you in certain directions? We're talking about a dynamic, listen, this is the beauty of it, right? It's a dynamic relationship, which means it works in every aspect of your life. It works when you're trying to close that deal and you're not sure you've got the words to say, Lord, I need you to help me right now. I need you to guide me. It helps when you're about to go into that conversation with your spouse that you've been dreading. Come on, somebody. Or when, you, when you've got to make that split-second decision with your child, they've made a decision, and now you're at a crossroads. How are you going to respond? We're talking about the Holy Spirit that will lead and will guide you to make the wise choices in life, because if you're like me, we're messed up. 
I don't make the right choices all the time. I want to say stuff that, that's right here on the top of my brain that if I thought about it for five seconds, it's going to stay in there a lot longer. I need to say something else from time to time. I need to say the right thing. And what you feel isn't always the right thing. There's more to God than just showing up on Sundays. The best home improvement principles and advice and wisdom that I could give you today is to know Jesus. Know Jesus and be in relationship with him. Did you know this? Proverbs 14. This is powerful because... Your relationship with God doesn't just affect you. Watch this. Reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. Now his children have this place of refuge and security. So your, your vibrant, authentic faith is now affecting your children. Conversely, could the opposite be the same? And I don't think that truthfully we can go any further if you don't have this foundation. You need to know Jesus in an intimate, personal way. Let me show you the second home improvement principle that I think we need to grab a hold of today. And I, I, truthfully, I think this is probably the, the most practical. So if you're taking notes, jot this down. It's called intentional schedules. Intentional Schedules. Here's what I know about time is that we don't have a lot of it. We, we, we don't have a lot of it. And, and if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, we will look back and it'll be 11 o'clock at night and we've done nothing but surf the internet on our cell phone. Oh, maybe I'm just preaching to me. I'm sorry. See, the best families that I know, the, the people that, that if you were to interview them, right, the, the people that you say, man, I want my kids to turn out like them. I want my relationship to be like their relationship. Is you know what they would tell you would be this. We were very intentional about our schedule, about our calendar, about our time, about our family time together, about spending time together with each other every day. You want to know why families and relationships with, with parents and children looks the way it is? Let Cornell University tell you through this study. The average father in America spends seven minutes a day with his kid, 49 minutes a week, less than one hour. Check that new app on your cell phone and see how long you've spent on your cell phone in the, in the week. The average father spends... 37.7 seconds a day with his preschool children. Mercy is right. But what do we do? Can I be honest? As a dad with young kids, what do we do sometimes? We're tired. We come home. Here, here's an iPad. Can I, you got to be careful with allowing Media, iPads, social media, video games to raise your kids. They're your kids for a reason. You birthed them. Guess what? They want you. They want me. They want our time. Did you? This is, this is going to shock some of you. So get, put your seatbelt on, okay? I've just warned you. Husband, hold them back right now, okay? They're just going to faint. Did you know that it's okay to turn it off? Ah! Some of y'all just, no, Lord, that's not, that's, uh, I rebuke that. It's okay to turn 
your cell phone off. It's okay to turn the iPad off. Did, Did you know some people actually still do this? This is crazy. Mind blown right here. Some people turn the TV off while they eat dinner. So, did, you, did you know your phone and electronic devices actually have a power button? Let's start there. Like you can leave the phone in a different part of the room while you're eating dinner. Are you ready? Lean in once again. Conversation. Talk. Your kids. How was your day at school today? God. And we stop there. Well, they're not, they don't want to talk. No, make them talk. No, you tell me. No, don't do that. That don't work. Make it interesting. There's cards. I've been to restaurants that have little family questions on the table. That it just uh, Conversation starters. The thing that we do at our house, we started with our kids at a young age. Hey, what was your favorite thing about today? And we go around the table. And my little two-and-a-half-year-old, every time, here's what she says. She starts with this. My favorite thing about today was playing with Sissy. Sissy's been at school. She ain't not even played with Sissy all day. But she just, that's her favorite thing about the day. But it starts conversation. If you're living a life that is just crazy, watch what Psalm 39 would say. You're only moving shadows, merely just ships passing in the night. Can I tell you, if you holler, kids, it's time to eat, and they go get in the car, you're too busy. (laughs) Oh, I'm having fun today. Home improvement principle number three. And this is, this is a little unique, but it's one of my favorites. And truthfully, it's exactly where, where I am. It's something I've been spending a lot of time on recently in, in my own life. But it's discovering purpose. Discovering purpose. Parents, here, here's a piece of wisdom for you today. Make it your goal to discover that unique thing that distinguishes your child from everyone else? What what is it that they have that maybe other kids don't have or your other kids don't even have? Did you know that your your kids need to know that they don't have to be perfect at everything? You're not perfect at everything, but here's what I'll be willing to guarantee. You're really good at a couple of things. There's a couple of things that you just knock out of the park. If you set your mind to it, boom, that's why you've excelled in certain business ventures because there's things that you're really, really good at. And it's the same way with our children is that we've got to start to to cultivate and discover and be on the lookout for the things that makes them really unique, the things that they're really talented in, and we've got to start cultivating that in their life. See, all of our kids are going to be different. And some of you that have already been through this stage are like, yeah, you tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be very different. And I'm learning this. I I get that. You're going to have kids that you might have a a brilliant kid. I mean, just smart. They may look at you at the end of high school and say, hey, dad, I never got a B on my report card. To which you can look back. Come on, let's be honest, folks. You, You can look back at them and say, well, guess what, honey? I never got a B on my report card either. Those C's weren't easy to come by, baby. Yeah. You might have a kid that has this infectious personality. 
that lights up a room when they walk in, begin to cultivate that, discover it, begin to work that out, discovering purpose, or a kid who has a a huge heart for the hurting, or a child that has these innate leadership qualities that you can tell that one day they will be a leader of people and you can start cultivating that at a young, I'm not saying force things on them, but begin to help them see that and understand that. Discovering purpose, it's our job, parents, to to recognize it and to cultivate it. Look what Paul would say in Acts chapter 20, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord gave me. If I can just find what God wants me to do, if I can just discover my purpose and complete that, my life will be worth it. Parents, we got to watch the words that come out of our mouth. Ephesians would say it this way, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Instead, say stuff that is helpful for building people up, not tearing them down. Watch, watch, according to their needs or their calling or their task, that that thing that that sets them apart. You got to discover it. You got to cultivate it. You got to speak life to it. We got to be like Jesus. Watch what he did in Mark chapter 10. Jesus would take the little children. And parents, this is, this is what you and I have to do. And he would bring them in his arms and he would speak blessings over them. When's the last time you pulled your kids in? Spoke blessings over them. When's the last time you pulled your wife in? And not just kissed her and told her you loved her, but told her why you loved her. When's the last time that, that you, you pulled your family in and told them how grateful that you were for them? When, when was the last time that you told your children, hey, honey, I want you to know that you are a gift from God, that it is an honor to be your daddy? They need to hear from you that they've got plans, that God's got plans for their life. I, I tell Windsor all the time, I tell all the kids, I say, hey, God's got big, big plans for your life. And they look at me. This is so funny. I use Windsor because he just recently said, he's like, bigger than the house, Dad? I'm like, yeah, bro, bigger than the house. Big plans. Home improvement principle number four. This one's so important. Write this down. Write relationships. I've been in full-time ministry for right at 13 years Served as the children's pastor here, the youth pastor for eight years, and now I get the honor of working with all the old people. I'm included in this now, okay? I'm getting older, people. My knees hurt when I wake up. It's not good. Right relationships, and I've seen, listen, I've seen this play out time and time and time again. We work with families on a daily basis. It's what we do, and I can tell you this with 100% certainty. You are the sum of your relationships. You are the sum of who you surround yourself with. And you've heard this saying, but you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I promise you, this is so true. Who are your kids hanging out with? Who do you allow your children to spend the most time with? And I'm telling you, 
I've seen it play out in student ministry time and time and time again. And you look back and you're like, I see it now. I get it. I I wish that I would have been able to help navigate their future and where they were going and the people that they were spending time with. And and it's why, listen, we, we want you to discover your purpose, and you do that through start here, right? That's what we, we talk about. You can go figure out what you're supposed to do, and you, you know God in our Sundays and Wednesday services, and it bleeds over into Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, but you know what ties it all together? You know why we push life groups so much? Life groups tie it all together because we know if we can get you in right relationships... If we can get you in a group where people are praying for you and encouraging you and lifting you up. We were built for relationships. The best decisions you will ever make in your life are your relationship decisions. Proverbs says this, a mirror reflects a man's face. But what he is really like is shown by the kinds of friends that he chooses. He who walks with the wise grows wise but a companion of fools goes to jail. (laughs) Suffers harm is what it really says. I just made it more plain for you this morning. Pick your friends wisely. Watch who you allow your children to hang out with. And guess what? I'm learning this, and I've seen it in student ministry, and you know it better than me if you have teenagers. You're going to get pushback. Why, Dad? Why? No. Hold your ground. They may not thank you now. They may cry and they may fuss and they may cuss. I don't know what they're going to do. But you're going to reap the benefits of it one day. I promise you, if you help them, help them cultivate the right relationships. Number five. This is an absolute must. You cannot have great relationships without these two words. Write it down. Amazing Grace. You know why they call it amazing? Because it doesn't make sense. It it just, it blows your mind. See, God didn't just give you grace. He gave you amazing grace. He took all of your sins, all of your mistakes, all of your shame, all of your guilt, all of your pain, and he forgave you, and he continues to forgive you. Who does this, right? Like, who else in this world is going to treat you like that? Hey, can I tell you this too? Your relationships need the same kind of grace. Your children need the same kind of grace. Your spouse needs the same kind of grace. Your relationships will take amazing Grace, there's not a single relationship that you will ever enter into where you won't have to apply amazing grace because they're human. They're imperfect, just like you and just like me. And so we we have to recognize it in our children that they're going to blow it, that they're going to make mistakes. You don't have to be perfect. I just need you to try. I I need you to pick yourself up. Let's go. We're going to help you, mom and dad, and God's going to help you get back on the path. Amazing grace. I want to share with you a letter that I read, mind-blowing, really. It's a letter from a son to a dad. Dear Dad, it's with great sorrow and regret that I'm writing you. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid 
I wanted to avoid this sin. I've been finding real passion with Stacy. She's amazing, but I knew you would not approve of her because of her piercings, her tattoos, and her tight clothes. She's much older than I am. But it's not only passion, Dad. She's pregnant. Stacy, she said we'd be very happy. She has her own trailer in the woods, a stack of firewood that would get us through the whole winter. In fact, we share a dream of having more children together one day. Stacy's opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana really doesn't hurt anyone. In fact, Dad, we're going to be growing it for ourselves and trading it with other people in the commune for all the cocaine and ecstasy that we want. In the meantime... We're praying that science will find a cure for her AIDS so Stacy can get better. Sad. Don't worry, Dad. I know I'm only 15, but I know how to take care of myself. Someday, I'm sure we'll be back to visit so you can know your grandchildren the way that I know you would want to. Love your son, John. P.S., Dad. None of the above is true. I'm over at Tommy's house and just wanted to remind you that there's things worse than a report card in my desk drawer. Some of y'all were saying, oh, I love my kids. My kids are amazing. Amazing grace. Your children need grace. Your spouse needs grace. Your boss needs grace. Your coworker needs grace. Amazing grace. Let me speak to somebody right now in the room. Listen. Uh, this is not a prophetic moment. This is an obvious moment that in a room this size, there's, there's individuals who are on the brink of bailing on a marriage. There's kids that are on the verge of moving on from their parents and, and, and running away and moving out and saying, you know what, this is, this is not worth it. It's got to be better over there. Like it looks better there. The grass seems greener there. Hear me, the grass is not greener over there. Hear me today. The grass is greener where you choose to water it. It's not... Don't bail on your relationship. Don't bail on your marriage. Kids, don't bail on your parents. Let me speak to a teenager. Hey, I've been a youth pastor, so I'm just going to talk right to you. Get over it. Your parents aren't perfect either. They've blown it too, okay? They've made mistakes. They're trying the best that they can. And parents have a little amazing grace when it comes to your kids as well. They need it. They require it. Let me say it this way. You'll never have to forgive someone more than what Jesus forgave you. Never. I'm going to give you a little insight to what I believe is going to happen in the next few minutes of our time together. I don't know where you are in your relationships. I don't know what your home looks like. I don't know what projects you're working on in your home or the projects that need to be worked on. But I believe in just a few moments, if you will allow the grace of God to intervene in your relationship, that today, today is going to be a moment where you look back five years from now and say, you know what, it was that Sunday, that Sunday in October where God did something amazing 
in my family. We started a home improvement project that I've been saving up for for years, and that day things started to get better. I believe it with everything that I have that God's going to do something in your relationship if you need it today. Hang tight. We're going to end our time together today with a very familiar passage of Scripture out of Ecclesiastes. Let's say this. There's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. And it all makes sense until you get to verse 5 where it says this. And there's a time to scatter stones. And there's a time to gather them. But, but, but what does this mean? Pastor Randy, if you'll help me. I'll do my best in the next couple of minutes to make this make sense. But gathering and scattering stones has its root in an Old Testament observance that needs to take place in our lives today. It comes from a story found in Genesis chapter 31 where Jacob, the son of Abraham, has a relational issue, relational issue with his father-in-law Laban. Laban was not the nicest of guys to Jacob. He made him work 20 years for his daughters. He, he changed his wages. He never kept his promise. He was ruthless, really, to Jacob. And Jacob, during the process, would even agree to take the the weaker of the flocks and give Laban the, the good ones, right? The best ones. But God began to bless Jacob, which made Laban even more frustrated because Laban wasn't receiving the same blessing. And, and Jacob... Jacob couldn't take it anymore. He, he was so frustrated by the whole situation that Jacob thinks, you know what? I'm going to pick my family up. I'm going to get my herds. I'm going to get my flocks. I'm going to get my wife, my, my kids. We're, we're getting out of here. I, I'm heading out. I can't take it anymore. And that's exactly what he does. A few days later, Laban realizes what had happened, and he is furious. He's livid. And he chases Jacob down across the desert. And the night before the two were to have this this come to Jesus meeting, right? Where everything was about to go down, if you know what I'm saying. He was finally close to him. He had finally caught up to him. Watch what happens. An angel of the Lord shows up and speaks to Laban. And watch what he says. He says, do not do what you had planned. Laban, I know things haven't been good between you and Jacob, but you hear me today. Do not do what you had planned. And I pray in this moment that you would take this as a statement from an angel of the Lord to someone, perhaps a young person, who is saying, I can't take my parents anymore, or a spouse that's saying, I'm just, I'm ready to throw in the towel. Hear this young preacher this morning, do not do what you had planned. Do not do what you had planned, but instead, go reconcile. Go go make things right. Do whatever you have to do to make the situation right. And so Jacob, Jacob's bracing for a fight. He's got his boxing gloves on and Laban shows up. 
And Laban says these words that need to become our words today. Watch what he says. Come now. Let's make a covenant. You and I. And let it serve as a witness between us and Jacob. Okay, let's do this. And he, he pulled up a stone. And he set it up as a pillar. And he said to his relatives, hey, hey, hey. I need you guys to go gather some stones. Go, go get some stones. There's a time to gather stones. And the tradition in their culture, when it came to rocks, you had two options with the stone. You could throw it, or you could gather them, pile them up in an altar before the Lord. And so literally, every stone that they would go and gather became an altar and it would symbolize, hey, do you, you remember the time when you lied to me? Do you remember the time when, when you took my flocks and my herd? Do you remember the time when you, you took my wages away? Do you remember the time when you cheated? Do you remember the time when you stabbed me in the back? Do you, do you remember the time that, that you said those words that hurt me? Do you, do you remember and with everything that would come out of their mouth would a stone be put Upon the altar, there is a time to gather stones. And I want to look this service in the eyes this morning and tell you as, as passionately as I can is that you have a choice to be made. There's a choice to be made when it comes to your offenses. You can gather your offenses or you can scatter them. But I'm telling you this morning, that there's people in this room, there's people in your relationship that need the same grace that was applied to your life to be applied to this relationship. There is a time to gather stones. Would you stand with me? I'm encouraging someone in this room today to give grace to a relationship that you so desperately need. So what does it look like to gather stones? Let me run through this really quick. I don't have time to dive into it, but I'm going to give you three things really quickly. If you want to gather some stones in your relationships with your family, you've got to start by acknowledging your own mistakes, that you mess up just as much as she does or as much as your kids do. Acknowledge your own mistakes. If you don't believe that, you don't believe Romans at all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Matthew, even Jesus would say, why are you worried about the sawdust in their eye when you have a two by four in your own? Acknowledge your own mistakes when you mess up with your kids. Hey, daddy blew it, mommy blew it. When you, when you mess up with your spouse, hey, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't get it right this time. I need you to forgive me. The second thing, if you wanna gather stones, and we're gonna gather some stones in just a second, got to abandon your right to get even. Come on, we, yeah, we'll gather some stones, but I want everybody to know that I was right. Can I tell you, and this is the, this is so difficult to do. You know what works? Forgiveness still works. Forgiveness still matters. Well, Brad, that's radical. I mean, yeah, it's the Jesus way. Forgiveness Works, And we forget that sometimes. The third thing is this, is that you, and we talked about this at length, you've got to apply God's grace. 
You'll never have to forgive someone more than Jesus forgave you. So here's what I want us to do. If your family's sitting next to you, and I don't want to make it weird for you, if this is your first time, listen, just reach over and grab their hand. But if you're comfortable, if there's teenagers in the room and you're not sitting with your parents today, why don't you move out from where you are and go find them? We got a couple of minutes, and I want to end this the right way. I would be, I would be, I would miss the mark if we didn't take this opportunity to do this today. And I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over our families. But as I do, listen, I don't pretend to know where you are in, in your home improvement project. I don't know what part of your house needs to be remodeled right now. But you know. Maybe it's the fact that you need to speak words of life over your spouse or over your children. Or maybe there's words that need to be said, conversations that need to be had, grace that needs to be given. But as I pray over us collectively, I wish that this would be a moment where you would bring them close. Baby, I love you. It's an honor to be your daddy. You know how awesome your mama is? She's amazing. She's the best thing that God ever gave me. And then because of our love, guess what? You came along. I don't know what that looks like for you. But would you take a moment with me to work on our homes? As your arm is wrapped around your family today, let me pray over you, Lord. Lord, I said it just a few moments ago, but I believe right now with everything that is within me that you are in this place. And Lord, if there's families, if there's families on the brink of separation, if there's kids on the brink of throwing in the towel, if there's husbands and wives on the brinks of quitting on everything, Lord, I pray right now that stones would be gathered that there would be an altar in this moment being made to you. I'm sorry, I remember when. We're not scattering offenses anymore. No, no, no. We're going to gather them and we're going to make an altar before the Lord. We're going to get this right. We're going to right this ship. We're going to get back on track today. It starts today in our home. We're not waiting another two years to work on this. We're working on it now. Son, I love you. Daddy doesn't always get it right, but I love you. I want you to know that today. Come on, somebody needs to hear that in this moment. Speak words of life over your family, sir. Speak words of life over your spouse, ma'am. Let it happen. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for my friends today that are here. God, I'm excited. I'm excited about the projects that have been started today in our homes. And Lord, I can't wait for the day that it comes to completion. I realize that that we can pray, but there's still conversations that are going to have to be had once we leave here. I pray that you would give us the courage and the faith to have those conversations, to give grace in our relationships when we leave here. Bless us today and bring us back on Wednesday in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We love you.